everyone. Hello, <laughs> I'm Charles D. Lincoln. <laughs> and I'm Chelsea Lesage. Now let us... Let's not go! Anyway. So, Let's Yes. You can't and really uh, mispronounce Lincoln, and that's kind of sad because I've tried and it doesn't work. Well, because <laughs> because we have a famous president who ripped me off. Fucking president <laughs> took your name. Damn right. <laughs> Actually, in reality, it came from you know my dad um, in his uh, infinite ego, and uh, and I loved my dad, but my dad as was just that a giant ego. Um, he called himself Lincoln because he started working in um, adult film. And he considered himself a great liberator. (laughs) Is that really where it comes from? Yes, yes, because he said that he was freeing people from their sexual slavery by being a pornographer. I can't believe that it's taken how long have we been close? So many years that you haven't told me this (laughs) until right now. I've never even thought to ask. I was like, oh, well, Fred obviously liked it, so Charles liked it too. But now I know Yeah, no, well, I I took it after he died as a tribute tribute to him. him. Right, right. But when he was alive, he kept being upset that I never took it. Yeah, so you're just, and, like, you're, like, making him die with the dissatisfaction that you never did. You're like, ha-ha, surprise, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those things. It's, like, why I never went into film until he passed away. Right. It literally just came, he had a giant ego, and I didn't want to feed into it. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, I loved my dad like one of my best friends, but he was, he had a giant ego, and I knew... It would have been just like, oh, look at that. My son is taking after me and blah, blah, blah. Because it's like I wanted to do it, I, I, but I didn't want him to think I did it only because it was his idea. Yeah. I'm sure that he is not rolled over in his grave at all. <laughs> no, it's fine. Speaking of parents, we're here to talk about a specific movie, which my mother told me today is one of her all-time favorites. Uh, the, uh, uh, the movie. The one with the title. Yeah, it's called The Howl- <laughs> the Howling. <laughs> the Howling from 1981, directed by Joe Dante. Yes, I'm like, no, not one of your dad's movies, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Boy, that would be sad, actually, if one of my dad's movies was your mom's favorite. favorite movie. You don't know. You don't know what your mom did when she was in her 20s. <laughs> I do, sadly, but it's okay. <laughs> She's a great woman. <laughs> so, yeah, we're here so, to talk about The Howling, which was really fucking awesome. Yes, yes. Uh, one of the few good werewolf movies. Because um, I don't know why it's so hard to get werewolves right. There's a ton of werewolf movies, but most of them suck. I would say there's probably four good werewolf movies. In well, total. I remember being terrified of Silver Bullet as a child. Yeah, and mom yeah. still well, rubs that in my face occasionally because I haven't rewatched well, it. <laughs> well, once see, I haven't I I haven't seen Silver Bullet since I was like 12, mm-hmm. so I literally remember nothing in it. Um, in fact, when I except that Gary Busey was in it. See, I um, don't remember that. But the funny thing is, I had brought up a detail of a werewolf with an eye patch, and I later found out that wasn't even <laughs> Silver Bullet. That was something else I had seen as a child. Which was? Um, there, there used to be a TV show called Werewolf on um, Fox oh. uh, when Fox first became a network, and uh, Chuck Connors was in it, and he had a, an eye patch, and he had um, uh, like a pentagram on his hand that was like the mark of being a werewolf. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there could have been a werewolf with an eye patch in Silver Bullet, but I, I remember so little of it. 
I think he was a priest, though. Okay, question, though. Question, though. <clears throat> yeah. In the episode of Demon Hunter, where Julie <clears throat> yeah. and Stephanie are hiding from the werewolf, if you would have seen the werewolf, would it have had an eye patch? No. <laughs> Damn it. No. We purposely, you did purposely didn't see the werewolf, because werewolf, I think that's another reason why a lot of werewolf movies suck, is because werewolves are really expensive. Yes. No. And you, of course, you can't do a CG werewolf because that'll just look ridiculous. Any movie that's ever done that has just sucked. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, that's you why know, I said or, if you, we could have seen it because no, we couldn't have afforded it then. Yeah, no. If 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 we had spent the entire budget of season one <laughs> to get a werewolf for ten seconds, <laughs> I guess it wouldn't have not had it. It would have not had an eye patch. Thank you for clearing that. You know up. what? You know why it would have not had an eye patch? Because you know what? Unfortunately, as much as we like to give audiences credit, sometimes audiences cannot be the smartest people in the world. Like when test audiences saw Dogma from Kevin Smith, right. and there's an air conditioner, and the air conditioner has streamers on it. Why does it have streamers? Because apparently the audience did not believe the air conditioner was working if you couldn't see the air flowing. Well, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> so. I can guarantee you, if we had a werewolf with an eye patch, everyone, when they got to episode 12, at least a large portion of the audience, would think that your sister was a werewolf. Oh, yeah, that's <clears> true. Yeah, because they would be like, oh, shit, the werewolf had an eye patch, and so does Julie's sister. Oh, uh, it's going to be a reveal. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's what, if we had made a werewolf with an eye patch, people would have immediately thought... You know, that Samantha was a werewolf. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, so this is The Howling. It came out in 1981, like we said five minutes ago. (laughs) And it's really, really fun. So we open in on the credits, and there's just, like, this eerie music with, um, with, like, slashes, like, claws and then it there's like a voiceover that develops and you figure out what they're talking about and what is it could it be a killer could it be a werewolf what is it they're talking about this weird being and that's that's one of the things that um a lot of people forget that um uh that at the time the howling came out werewolf movies were not particularly profitable um so I don't know if American Werewolf in London came out before or after this, but I do know uh, American Werewolf in London and then The Howling kind of started a whole trend of werewolf movies for a little (laughs) bit that then died out. But um, when this came out, it was not uh, marketed as a werewolf film. Because they weren't popular. Yeah. So it was marketed more as a serial killer type thriller. Uh, As we get to the character of Eddie, it was kind of – they used a lot of shots – of of him in his more serial killer uh, type things. Like they showed, um, you know, them going into the room filled with the pictures. And, yeah, you very well and, could have had an entire film just with Eddie the serial killer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's, let's go into mm-hmm. it. So uh, repression is the father of neurosis. What? No, that's what the doctor said, Dr. Wagner. Oh, yes. I was like, whose father is what? Am I missing characters completely? (laughs) Yeah, no, repression is the father of neurosis. This is the first line that we hear from Dr. Wagner, who's kind of a TV doctor, uh, talking about repression and how we shouldn't fight our animal nature. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we see a TV lady. uh, We later find out her name is Karen, uh, played by Dee Wallace. And she's trying, she's going down an alley and this sleazy guy puts his leg out and asks her how much for half and half. 
What does that even and, mean? Uh, you know what? I assume it was some sort of like 70s sexual innuendo or whatever, because I've never heard of the half and half as a sexual act. I have no idea what that even means. Anyway, moving on. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so we see footage of one of the victims of a serial killer. Yes. Um, and um, at the same, and uh, there's a guy who we line, later find out is her husband, and he's watching the footage. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes to a phone booth, and this phone booth has a smiley face uh, sticker yes. on it. We find out she's part of a sting operation of some kind. Right, to try uh, and find we see a, this dude. Yeah, we see a lot of B-roll of old school Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And um, we see a news reporter in a... I, I was really amused by the news reporter with the deep southern accent doing the news voice. Oh, in the mirror? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's this dude. I don't Do we ever figure out what his name is? I don't even know. They say his name once, but he's not no, an important he's not, character. But he's so important in this moment. So, he's yeah, yeah, he's just... You think that he's on air. You could very much believe that he's on air. And then it's revealed as Bill, uh, Karen's husband, comes in that he's just practicing his lines in the mirror in the bathroom. Yeah. And it's just so... Yeah, it's and so he's just wholesome. like, you know, courage today as we, you know... And then he corrects himself. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 that's not... And then encourage no, that doesn't today... Work. <laughs> Yeah, and then as soon as you hear his real voice, he's all speaking with a southern accent, and it's very amusing. Yeah, there are, there so, are like, really good little moments of humor in this. Yeah, so um, we see Karen's friend Terry. See, um, I wrote news friend lady in my notes until the very end yeah. when another time happens, and I was like, oh, that's her name, it's Terry. <laughs> It's it's about maybe halfway through the film before they say her name. Yeah, I had no idea, so it was just news friendly. Same thing with her. Same thing with Christopher, her boyfriend. They don't say his name until was, about that the was same news point. News friend lady's person. <clears throat> That's what I wrote down. I yeah. spent so much time writing those things over and over again. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we have um, Karen's waiting uh, for a phone call. She's trying to talk to the police, but. Her mic is not really working, so there's already kind of a bit of tension. Yes. That uh, you know that that she may end up getting uh, harmed by the serial killer. Right. Um, there's a then a guy starts standing outside the uh, phone booth when she jumps. By the way, that guy was played by Roger Corman. What? Um, who was who was known for like a lot of like B movie. Uh, he was known as being a big B movie producer in the seventies. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, he got Joe. He got Joe Dante his start in film. Oh, and here he so is. They put he him, has no lines. He just goes into a phone booth. Yeah, so they just put him on the uh, outside the uh, phone. I was wondering um, why that was so necessary. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just so they could get in a shot of Roger Corman. That's awesome. There's another thing in this film, by the way. Almost all the main characters are named after directors who made werewolf movies. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, they mentioned a whole bunch of them, but most of them are movies I've never seen. Oh. So I don't have, I don't know them I'm offhand, sure my but mother, I know. I'm sure my mother has seen all of them. And if she listens to this, then she'll be like, so here's what they are. <laughs> yeah. But like, say the head of the station is uh, Fred, uh, Fred Francis. And there was a guy who made a werewolf film named Fred Francis. Mm. Um, so just all these characters are just named after directors. Who, I love um, that. Yeah. So um, we see this gross, sweaty close-up of Eddie's mouth as he asks uh, if she's wearing what he told her to wear. I missed and that. It's... How did I miss that? I missed that. 
Yeah, it's such a it's oh man, it's such a sleazy shot too. If you if you you should still just take a look at it because it's such a like oh god, that's a guy you don't really want to. That's so sad. Be around. Is this like so? She's walking. Yeah. This is like where she's walking down. What I which I told Charles earlier. It reminded me of like the red light district in Amsterdam. I had no. I knew it was set in California, but I had no idea that that was like L A. at all. I assume this is like Hollywood Boulevard. Right, um, but in the eighties. I, I have, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I have very little experience with what what um, Los Angeles. I first time I ever went to Los Angeles it was nineteen eighty eight, so a lot of that had already changed. Right. Um, you know, to me it looked like Times Square, but you know, like most major cities had that look at that time. That's so crazy. Yeah, I think about that. Yeah. Like Times Square used to be full of like all these oh, gentlemen's yeah. clubs and stuff like that, and I'm like, what? <laughs> no, yeah, that's that just was my childhood the opera from the beginning of time. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, that that was my childhood. That was where, like, I'm, you know, I remember my dad used to take me to Times Square. We'd go to see a movie or something, you know, a regular movie that was appropriate for a kid. We wouldn't go to like, Liar. <laughs> you know, the peep boots together or whatever. <laughs> Although he did once take me to Show World once, but that was, um, I was like three apparently. Um, I have no memory of this, but. Um, he told me he took me to show world once because he wanted to meet with a friend of his and there were all the topless women out over there and everything. And, uh, apparently I was very concerned that they were going to catch colds at the age that's of three. Really, really. But that's the most precious thing you have ever told me about yourself. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I remember like, you know, when like all the pimps and the drug dealers and all them used to be like, you know, they'd be like, yo, Fred, what's up, my man. And, like, they'd, they'd ask me to, like, slap them five and everything, and it would be, like, you know, my dad knew all the fucking, all the people the tourists were afraid of, my dad knew. Right. So I was never afraid of those uh-huh. people. Though I was like, oh, those are the friendly people that we see in Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that man with the funny hat and the fur coat. He's, I give them He asked five. me to give him some skin. Yeah, yes, he asked me to give him some skin, and he's a very nice man. Why has he not given his fur coat to the women who are going to catch colds? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, she goes to this uh, kind of porn um, porn shop where uh, you can store. like watch films yeah. in the back. Yeah, yeah, and all the guys clear out immediately, which I can tell you from experience is a real thing that happens when uh, when when women go to where men are looking at pornography. Yeah, I was um, wondering why that happened. Uh, it does. It totally does. I mean, well, yeah, but you have, I mean, those stores weren't really around by the time you were old enough to go to any of them. That's true. You know, it was a completely different thing. Like I remember back in the nineties, my ex-girlfriend and I, uh, it was like two, two in the morning. So we're bored. We're just wandering around the city and we went into this place where they had all the fucking porn, uh, magazines. And there's all these sleazy fucking dudes just sitting there looking at them or whatever. And she grabs one of the magazines and she just turns to one of the guys and she's like, wow, that's hot. That gets my pussy wet. Does that make your dick hard, sir? And she's just started, and the guy ran. He like ran away and she's just started asking like a couple guys. And by the time she was done, everyone was gone. They lost and a the lot dude of business owned the, that night. The dude who owned the place was just glaring at us. <laughs> and he was like, are you going to buy something? We're like, probably not. And we left. <laughs> That's funny. But she goes to one of those. And yes, and now I understand why all of the men leave. So she goes back to this, like, booth where she, there's obviously a lot waiting for her. And on the screen um, comes up this, like, like, I think it's like a rape scene, right? Yeah. yeah. With a plunger, by the way. What? 
The girl's being raped with a plunger. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's fucked up. And yeah. that's where she's going to meet Eddie. And she, as she's entering the store, too, she, like, tells the cops with the wire that she has on or whoever she's talking to that, like, she'll keep the transmitter on the whole time. And yeah, there's there's a great back... I love the backlit shot of her. Yeah, I do, too. When she sits down, you just see the, you just see the halo of her blonde hair. Yeah. And then the lighting comes on when Eddie drops the quarter. Yeah. Into the machine. And we still don't see Eddie then, but we we see that he's behind her. Yeah, so Eddie's there waiting, and he tells her not to, like, look. And she asks if she can, like, turn around and look at him, and he keeps saying no. Yeah. yeah. Eddie, by the way, is played by a young Robert Picardo, mm-hmm. who a lot of people would recognize as the doctor on uh, Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, I looked up who he was. I was really surprised that he was so f- far down in the billing on IMDb. Yeah, it made me sad. Well, everybody, everybody else in this movie was super famous at the time. He was he like that was I think one of his first roles. Wow. In fact, no, it was his first role because he was. Um, he said he when he first got it, he was looking down on it a little bit because he was like a Broadway actor. Oh wow! And he was just like, now I'm in some sleazy. <laughs> my first job in California, I'm I'm some sleazy rapist werewolf. <laughs> you know, Naturally. in a in a low budget horror movie. You know, um, so he, you know, but it's funny. Dee Wallace talks about how she doesn't remember Robert Picardo. She only remembers Eddie because she said he got into character that much. That's really scary. <laughs> Yeah. Eddie's yeah, really so, terrifying. Yeah, so we still don't see his face. The police, they see them talking to a prostitute, asking where, uh, you know, Karen is. And the doctor is still talking. The doctor seems to be talking for a year. Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of time issues with this film, but I'm going to ignore all of them. <laughs> yeah, he has, he has a book called, oh, I'll point them out. <laughs> you know what? When you love a movie, you can point out its imperfections. Yes. So I will definitely point out a lot of like, wait a minute. <laughs> so um, he has a book called The Gift, which is very important. Um, so Eddie has seen her on TV and he's pretty much obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. And his voice, start, his breathing starts changing. His his uh, voice is distorted, and he's backlift. Backlift. Yeah. So Sorry. he finally says that he can, she can like turn around and um, look at him. And we still don't really see anything. We see like he becomes backlit because we see just the projector, um, just the light from the projector, yeah. kind of hiding everything. And then he like attempts to attack or rape her. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. She stifles a scream. The police come in. They just shoot through the fucking booth. They and I remember thinking, the... holy shit. Yeah. Like, they could have killed her yeah, that Yeah, there way. was no regard for her life whatsoever. <laughs> like, she signed yeah, up no, for they... a shitty fucking job. <laughs> yeah, they just shot directly through the fucking wall. Yeah, like... and you see the blood seep through the wall. And, yeah, and then Bill, her husband, shows up. And he says that he's that he's going to make sure that she's not put on camera to be interviewed about it. But the police take down her story um, yeah and they'll tape something later when she feels she better because she better. is a news reporter yeah it, it you know what it's funny because i was realizing how much this movie actually deals with ptsd yeah it does and how the movie calls it amnesia because i guess people didn't realize how ptsd works at, at the time or they just did it on purpose to like fuck with <laughs> no, no, it was ba- it was it was done because I mean PTSD was not even a term until the, the mid nineties. I didn't know that. That makes sense. Yeah, then. it used to be something that was only um, people used to think only veterans of war got it. Right. P- 
people, you know, so it was looked at as like, oh, okay, when a regular person has some sort of bad thing happen to them, they get selective amnesia. But, you know, it's, it, it's only, you know, within the last 25 years or so that people realize that it's the same condition. That's good. I'm sad it took them so yeah. long, but I'm sad that the world yeah. has taken so long and so many things. Anyway, so she's having a nightmare about this event, and Bill goes to comfort her. Yes, mm-hmm. and now we're in, there's like an exterior shot of this huge, dilapidated this house is so big and it's full of like apartments and stuff, right? It's like it's like a halfway house. Yes. It's, it's where it's like so you know transients and stuff. It's, so, uh, it's also very green. Oh, it looks blue in my eyes. It's like a robin's <clears throat> egg blue. Yeah, I just looked at it as green, like gross. It's so amazing how different people's like perception of colors are. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> One of the things, and you know, this is this is going a little bit off topic here, but you know what, like. I vote, you know, here's the funny thing. So you saw it as like bluish. I saw it as green. Do you realize that you and I and everyone else on earth, for all we know, we don't know if we see the exact same colors. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? What I look at at a screen and I see red and you see red. We don't know if that's a completely different color to you. Yeah, it's so crazy. It's like the only ones who can really be trusted for their like color vision are colorblind people because you know yeah. that they're missing colors. That's, that's the only reliable source. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, at this halfway house, they go there. Eddie has been staying there. Yeah, so they go to apartment 27 and it's Eddie's place. So exciting. And it's just covered with like rape and murder and werewolf shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like all these articles um, on very, I assume his victims. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all these sketches and stuff. Yeah, and um, they find a sketch of Karen, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's also, a, also we should point out that there was a sketch of uh, a lake because that becomes oh, yes, very important. Oh, yes, that comes up next. So there's a sketch of this lambs, land, landscape, yeah, landscape where uh, Terry, it's Terry who's there with Chris, right? And um, Yes, Christopher. And, um, and she wonders if it's a real place because she's never seen it before. That's very important. So they go and they have it inspected by the doctor, right? Who apparently, yeah. he's a doctor of everything, as you find out in this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wondering, when he started actually administering, like, you know, medicine and knowing how to deal I with the fight, I was just like, like a Dr. Oz wait a thing. Like a, yeah. like, a like low-grade Dr. Oz. And then turns out he's I a thought, psychiatrist. Yeah, I thought of him as a... Well, that's the thing. I thought of him as a well. I mean, I thought of him as a psychiatrist. Keep in mind, in the '80s, you had to actually have a degree to call yourself a doctor on television. <laughs> so, you know, I, I thought that. Um, by the way, that also brings up another thing that I thought was really funny. By the way, and um, so you know the video game Injustice, where yeah. it's like the evil uh, DC universe. Yes. Um, at one point, uh, there's a character named Doctor Fate, and he's like this kind of like mystical character or whatever, and. Um, in the comic, uh, that's like a prequel to the video game, and had Harley Quinn meeting him. And she was very, very upset that he was calling himself a doctor. Because she's like, some of us actually had to work for our doctorate. <laughs> you go, Harley Quinn. <laughs> Harley Quinn forever. Yeah, I, I, kind, I kind of loved, because I, I totally forgot that she was actually a doctor. Until... <laughs> no, I had just forgotten about it until you just said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, until she's yelling at Dr. Fate for calling himself Dr. Fate. When she's like, some of us actually had to go to school to call ourselves doctor. <laughs> Although, although, final note about that, what the fuck are they teaching in Gotham City that every fucking doctor becomes a fucking madman and becomes a Batman villain? 
Think about yeah. it. Mr. Freeze is a fucking doctor. Mm-hmm. So is fuck and like Carly Quinn. So is the Scarecrow. <laughs> like, fuck, you're right. Just... This is all really depressing, and they all wind up in yeah. Arkham at one point or another. <laughs> well, that was another thing. Is I saw a thing where it had Mr. Freeze demand. They're wondering why they call him Mr. Freeze and not Doctor Freeze <laughs> when he has a doctor. <laughs> Yeah, so, anyway, back to, uh, you know, this doctor who I assume studied at Gotham University (laughs) to to become a doctor of everything. he's a doctor Um, of literally everything. He's inspecting this fucking sketch. Yeah, Yeah. we find out that Eddie's last name was Quist, which will also become important. Because he signs all of his sketches. If you're a serial killer, that's not a good thing to do. You know what, though? From what we know about serial killers, that is 100% not surprising. Right. How many serial killers were caught because they, uh, the police or FBI decided to try to not give them credit for what they considered their work? Fuck. Think about it. How many of them were... That, there's a lot of them get caught for that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Karen, um, once again, has uh, flashbacks to her assault... Uh, when she's trying to be in bed with her husband. Yeah, she's not ready to be intimate with him. It's understandable. Yeah, yeah which once again is another PTSD sign yes, that um, was not recommend, not recognized as PTSD at the time. That's so crazy. So um, now she's getting ready to go on camera. Yeah. Which is just insane. Yeah. Um, I, I we, don't know the we get timeline, to see an old but school, it's too soon. Yeah. We get to see an old school 80s commercial. Yeah, we do. That was so yeah. sweet. I yeah. So... Karen goes on TV to talk about Eddie Quist, and she freezes on TV, which is once again understandable. And I love the shot. She looks into the lens, and she sees the rape video that Eddie made her watch. Yeah. That, yeah. And so she just, she just freezes. And so she's, of course, back in the control room. They're like, get her off the air. They got her off the air. And <laughs> maybe she's pregnant. Yeah. And then they say maybe she's pregnant, like, because it's the only logical explanation for what she's going through. Yeah. 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 For why a woman would suddenly freeze up on TV. <laughs> It's yeah. really dep- I'm laughing because it's sad. <laughs> but it's that's that's that was the attitude yeah. when this was made, mm-hmm. you know? I guarantee you if the news reporter really did that, that's exactly what the station head would have said back in nineteen eighty. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple places where they'd say that now. Mm-hmm. Going back to Fox, you know, Fox News. Fox News. Yeah, yeah. Well then they would just have her melted down and recloned with the other like Fox clone women that they have on there. Yes. Anyway. So um, they, she goes to the doctor who, once again, I don't, I, I, this is a doctor of everything that, like, people are going to him with real problems mm-hmm. and crime evidence and their medical problems. It's so crazy. And he's also, like, qualified to be, a, like, illustrator, like, um, what, inspector, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. Everything. This yeah, man yeah. does it all. Yeah, he is the, o- I assume he is the only doctor in all of Los Angeles at this time. So... <laughs> He recommends she goes. She goes to his uh, the colony, which is a place that he um, kind of runs. And he um, only lets his most special patients go there. Yeah, yeah. So she he wants. She's gonna go there. She's gonna recharge. She's gonna go through group therapy. Um, we get some shots of her and Bill driving up to the colony. Yeah. Uh, there. And you know what? I I realize I've never seen the shot they used in the car before. Which shot? the low angle shot. There's a low angle shot when they're talking to each other, looking up at them, like as if the camera's in the glove compartment. 
I didn't even take note of that. That's really interesting. We should do that. Let's steal it. <laughs> yeah, like I, I've never seen that in a car before. Yeah. Um, I've never seen that angle used before. It was very uh -huh. interesting because 99.9% of movies, when they do um, car they shots, it's dash. always the same. Yeah, it's on the dashboard. It's always a two shot. Yeah. And and then they'll get individual um, coverage, yeah, from like the back. Yeah, individual seat. coverage, but it's always the same yeah. angles. Yeah. So seeing a completely different angle to what I've seen before was very interesting. Yeah. So uh, everyone seems very happy at the uh, at the colony. Yeah, she says, which I love so much, is that she says that she hopes that they're not weird and they're super weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? The the one part of the movie that hasn't aged well, the software hardware joke. I didn't even get it. <laughs> Well, because there wasn't a thing as hardware in 1981. <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't, nope, didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, no one called anything hardware in 1981, so, right. you know, because uh, uh, the guy, um, Jeffrey, um, or Jerry, I'm sorry, Jerry, uh, talks to Bill, and he says, oh, I'm in software, and uh, Bill says, I'm in hardware. And uh, the guy's like, what? What are you, what are you talking so, about? And she and, goes, the joke didn't land, honey. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's the whole thing, because there wasn't a thing as hardware back at the time. Yeah, so. it's cool. This, like, we get to meet a lot of really interesting characters during this scene that, like, all become very important in the storyline. Um, there's this great, like, folk, like, jug band, and I loved them so much. And then we meet Marsha, who is just the most amazing ethereal demon creature I've ever met in my whole life. I don't know if... Marsha, played by um, the late Elizabeth Brooks. Yes. I don't know if I'm allowed to say hippie anymore, but she's dressed as, like, a hippie witch, and she looks so good. She's so attractive. I just, like, I was... She looks, she looks like so many women I saw my dad with when I was a little kid. <laughs> That's really funny. I love her dialogue, though. Like, you know, I'm looking... When Bill goes up to her, and he's like, oh, I'm, uh... I'm looking, my name is Bill, and she's like, yeah, I know. And, <laughs> and he's like, I'm looking for my wife, and her response is, why? Yeah, why? <laughs> I was like, I was like, I want to, I'm really, Charles told me that they're redoing this, and I'm really upset, because if there's a Marsha character and I'm not getting to do it, it's really just an injustice to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we go back to Karen, and there's a creepy dude uh, glaring at her. We later learn that that's Marsha's uh, brother, TC. Oh, I didn't put that together at all. I just put creepy dude the entire way through. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's uh, TC, uh, Marsha's creepy brother. <laughs> he's so creepy. He's just like, yeah. he's like Richard III who never learned to speak English, let alone Shakespeare. <laughs> 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 he could never rule a kingdom. He can't even rule himself. He's just like really scary and creepy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Marsha goes up to the doctor. She does not want her brother reading um, the gift. Correct. She's very angry about that. And meanwhile, we go to the old guy. The old guy's name is Earl, and he's sad. He's walking. I, I kind of love this shot where he's looking at the couple making out. He gets sad. He tries to walk over. There's another couple. And then when he walks over by himself, he looks at the the wall and the shadow is a couple dancing together. Yeah, it's really sad. And you immediately get this impression that he probably had like a wife or girlfriend that he that he misses or something. Yeah. Who probably passed before he did. And so he goes to try and jump in the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Which is an interesting way to kill yourself. I would it say. definitely is. But everyone tries to play it off like, oh, he just he does this. It's attention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, so they don't care about depression either. <laughs> 
Yeah, so it was a different time mentally, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> you know. So Dr. Uh, convinces Earl to go get a good night's sleep, <laughs> um, which is totally what a doctor he's should a, be he's recommending. He's a sleep doctor now, too. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, so there's some beautiful B-roll of the forest, um, which I learned they, they backlit it. Yeah, it looks backlit, yeah. They, they backlit it, and they had uh, a pair of prop guys before every shot. They would run back and forth with fog machines. Yeah, I could almost tell. I was like, someone just ran through with that fog machine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they had two of them, both with fog machines running, and then they would backlight it. That's so crazy. That's why those shots only last a couple seconds, but they're really, they're really cool. Yeah, they are. And they also did that so that when they did reshoots, they could match it in a studio. Because it's so foggy, you can't see beyond the, the initial couple trees mm-hmm. in the foreground. So that was done so that it would be easier for them to match it when they did reshoots. That's really smart. We should do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was actually looking because we're doing, we're, you know, we're shooting forest stuff soon. And I was trying to find if there were smoke machines that don't plug into something. I think I left it at the theater on 57th, but I think that the smoke machine that I have there, you can put batteries in it. I can, okay, swing, yeah, by, I can swing by the theater tomorrow and get it. Yeah, because the smoke machines that I use and that our DP uses, uh, both are ones that plug in. Okay, yeah. I'll just go pick it up tomorrow and look. Okay, yeah. cool. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but see, you people have now seen how the magic happens. <laughs> We've shown you how we make the sausage. Just remind me tomorrow to go do that. Thank you. Okay, okay. So, uh, Karen is dreaming of Earl. <laughs> and she wakes up to wolves howling. Yes, there are. There's howling throughout the film. Yeah, the howling. The perhaps. Howling. <laughs> she wakes up Bill, uh, who thinks it's a dog. Um, Fuck you. Meanwhile, Bill. some. Yeah, Bill is a shitty <laughs> husband. A Let's be husband. honest about that. Yeah. So um, someone approaches her bungalow, and we find out that it's TC, who appears to be nude in the bushes. He did appear to be nude. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, so she checks the outside uh, with, man, that was an old school flashlight. I have not seen a flashlight like that since I was a little kid. My dad has one of those. (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, that's crazy. So um, we find out there's a tennis court there, actually, and she's playing with, uh, is she playing with Donna, I believe it is? I never, they never said her fucking name, so I never wrote it down. They, they, the one who lives in a bungalow next door, that was, if that was, uh. Then that would be Donna, because Donna lived. Um, I never took notes hold of her on, because she was Hold wasn't on, just one enough. second. Yeah, but it's exciting. Okay, There's there a tennis we go. court. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, colony so, tennis court. Um, yeah, no, sorry, my my uh, my recorder was about to die. I had to plug it oh, in no. just to, but thankfully it didn't stop recording. Um, but I wanted to make sure that in case it did, that we weren't, you know, didn't say anything once inappropriate again, like penis, penis, penis. <laughs> I would not really care if I yelled penis, penis, penis. But it was more that I, I didn't want us to keep going if the, uh, if the recording stopped. That's what Which, she by said. the way, people, this is us showing you once again how the sausage is made. Anyway. That's also what she said. Uh, wow. Okay. I, I guess. Yes. Sure. So, so um, the, she and apparently Donna we, are at the tennis courts. Yeah. We meet Sam the Sheriff, who's played by Slim Pickens. I love his name um, so much. 
Yeah, um, I remember him from Blazing Saddles. That's that's, that's my I've knowledge seen of him Slim. Before. Yeah, yeah, of Slim Pickens. Yeah, so he comes to check out because they got a coyote problem. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, what's really funny is apparently one of the reasons why they got so many like uh, actors who had names in this was that they wrote directly for that actor. I love that. Like. When they wrote the dialogue for the sheriff, they were like, well, what would Slim Pickens say? And they're like, well, he would say, I hear y'all got a coyote problem. That's how they wrote it, because they were like, that's what Slim Pickens would say. <laughs> Which I find really funny. That's awesome. Um, so then we go to, the, uh, we go to, uh, to Terry and Christopher at the corner, which is a very, very clean um, yeah, morgue. Yeah, it's the cleanest morgue ever. And they're there to, find, to look at Eddie's corpse, obviously. You know, but... Surprise, he's not there. <laughs> but uh, my favorite thing is that, like, when the, like, mortician just goes and knocks on where Eddie was and was like, someone's here to see you. <laughs> I, I've witnessed an autopsy. That's the type of shit morticians really do. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. that's on the list of things to do. <laughs> For me. To, pro- to perform an autopsy? No, or to see one. Or just to witness just one. to witness one. It smells a lot worse than you would think it would. Anyway. Yes. Um, okay. And then, so on yeah. the inside of, like, the door or the hatch or whatever are claw marks. Dun, dun, dun. Very. Was that the noise you just, was that noise you made the cows that were being hurt? No, um, so cows are being hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Karen and Donna go to check it out um, with a gun. There's a great shot of them coming through the fog as uh, their flashlight dies. And then you and, see the guy uh, with the fog machine run right past the frame. Just kidding. <laughs> no, no, that would be... No, you don't. This is not, Ver- this is not Veronica. Anyway. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, um, someone... Who is Charlie? Who is... You? Oh, Charlie's the guy who owned the farm. Okay. I'm looking at my notes, and I'm like, someone's tearing up Charlie's cows. And I'm like, who the hell is... Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> I must have caught his name at the moment that uh, they found the uh, cows. Uh, anyway, so... Yeah, someone's been cow. tearing up... Yeah. Uh, they cut to Bill. He's hunting with the, uh, with the group. With the creepy guy. Um, and he's like their yeah, hunting they, dog. He goes and smells yeah, things. Yeah, they send, they send uh, TC out. Errol thinks it might be UFOs. Naturally. There is weird circus music during this hunt. There is circus music, yeah. It's really silly. It's re- and so they're like teaching Bill how to hunt, and then they let Bill have his bullets, and then he shoots like a jackrabbit on the first try, which doesn't make any sense, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so Karen is meanwhile in group therapy, uh, describing her assault. Yes. And you know what's great about that is I didn't even realize it until because I was listening, watching it with headphones. Um. They are repeating "Turn around, Karen." Low in the mix the entire time she's talking. Oh wow! Yeah, like almost a chant. I didn't. I and didn't catch that at all. It's super low in the mix. I would not have noticed it if I didn't have headphones on. Wow, that's crazy. But it's, as she's talking, it's "Turn around, Karen." Turn around, Karen. Oh my god! Turn I just around, got chills. Karen. My nipples got hard in not a great way. <laughs> but yeah, no, like that's such a great like. Thing and then it goes to a Zolly shot as she freaks out. Um, then we see some nuns walking to an occult shop. I love that. I um, love that. So I love the occult shop. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know what's really funny? Dick Miller, who plays the uh, occult shop owner, at first was offended that they that was the role they got him. Really? Because he was like, "Really, you guys just want me to work for one day? Like Jesus Christ!" Was and that then he Uncle said that ben? turned out. 
Was that what? Uncle Ben in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? No. No, damn it. He looked just no. like him. No, that's Dick Miller. Dick Miller was, he's in, um, God, what movie is he in? He's in one of the, the Marvel movies, though. Oh, that's probably what it he, was then. He is, he's in Avengers. He's in the first okay, Avengers movie. that's what it was. He's the one who tells the Hulk that he's naked. <laughs> nice. After the Hulk Turk transforms back into Bruce Banner. That's amazing. Yeah, that's who, that's who he was. But what's so funny, so he's like, he was really offended that he only got picked for this one day, you know, this one day role. And he's like, now that I've seen it, it's one of my favorite roles I've ever done. Really? That's awesome. And no, he fucking yeah. kicks ass. Like, he's definitely one of my favorite characters in the entire thing. You know what I thought was such a nice touch was him mentioning the Manson family used to shoplift from his store. Yeah. I thought that was such a cool little touch. That made me happy. But he has all sorts yeah, of so, shit. So we got Charles yeah. and... What's her name? Tammy? Terry? Terry? Uh, it's Christ- Christopher and Terry. Fuck, I just fucked up both of them. Because we don't hear their names ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the movie doesn't really tell you characters' names until like an hour <laughs> in or something. So Terry and Chris, yes, are in, are in yeah. there. And they're just like looking through shit. And they're on this like werewolf hunt. And the owner is fucking hilarious. And the um uh and Chris asks if they have a he has a book about like corpse snatching or something like that. But yeah. yeah. Um and then they talk about werewolves in depth. And then um there's silver bullets ex- on the counter. Yeah, and he explains that werewolves, um the only way to kill them is through a silver bullet and fire. Um, and that otherwise they'll regenerate. They'll come back from the dead mm-hmm. if you try if you kill them any other way. Um, and that the uh, full moon is just Hollywood bullshit. Um, so once again, that's which you you know I've already spoken about how I love doing that sort of stuff in my own work. Um, the writers of the film were talking about how the whole uh, full moon part of the legend is actually from uh, 1941. Mm. It's from that first, like, I think it was Lon Chaney in The Wolfman or whatever, but whoever it was, like, that came from that movie. The whole, uh, you know, full moon, because before that, werewolves could just um, regenerate, could just transform whenever. Yeah, Yeah. it was interesting to see, like, werewolves in the daytime and stuff in this. Yeah, yeah. So TC, meanwhile, back at the colony. Uh, Meanwhile, back at the ranch, uh, (laughs) TC... TC tells Bill that Marsha can cook his rabbit, uh, which, um, you know, uh, innuendo. Is, is innuendo, but I don't think Bill thinks it no. is. <laughs> um, no. And he explains to him it's a sin to kill something that you, uh, that you don't, don't eat. eat. Yeah. yeah. So Bill takes the rabbit to Marsha, and uh, Marsha is just down to fuck. Yeah, she keeps yeah. being called, like, uh, I think Karen calls her later uh, Marsha the man eater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. He uh, he throws her off him, um, and then he walks through the woods, and he's chased. Basically, uh, a wolf kind of bites him. Well, it's a great shot of like because we finally get to see the were a werewolf, and at this point, you mm-hmm. think there's just one, you know, and it's just this great shot of like the eye, and then he just lands on him and, and yeah. he bites his arm, and it's just gone like poof, like a fucking fairy just. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that werewolf was Marsha. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. They don't say who it was, but I'm pretty sure it was it was Marsha. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So the doctor, who is the doctor of everything, 
the uh, the um the um um what the fuck would even call him like an um uh, an omni op, an omniologist or whatever. Omniologist. Like. So I wrote in my notes. I wrote bills at the doctors. Who's also George again? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Karen wants you know to leave, also... and Bill and George yeah. says it's not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, meanwhile, um, Terry and so here is where we first learn Terry's name. By the way, in this, I scene. even missed it. I wrote uh, news people are in bed. <laughs> that's I, I had written reporters up until this scene, but here's where they actually call her Terry. Um, so they're in bed, they're watching, um, an old werewolf movie, probably the one that I was mentioning where, uh, the, uh, silver, uh, not the, not the silver bullet, the full moon part came from. Um, I kind of love his, uh, the phone's ringing and he's like, I'll get it while he's nudging her out of bed. It's fucked up. I, I kind you of love that. I, I, cause I do that sort of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what being in a relationship with me is like. I totally do that sort of thing. That's horrible. <laughs> I'm not surprised in the least. Yes. Um, so Karen calls, uh, tells them to head to the colony. Um, but just Terry because. Does. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. Um, well. No. Christopher drives her there, but then he drives back. Right. Yeah, he drops her off. Right. But um, she says that Bill has been bitten, and at that exact moment, the movie says, uh, werewolf, you know, if you're bitten by a werewolf and survive, you become a mm-hmm. werewolf. Um, which, at the very least, I do like that they at least acknowledge that that just played, because Christopher is immediately telling Terry that that's bullshit. Right. Yeah. So, uh, they get there. Um, Karen is telling uh, Terry about Marsha. And Bill is eating meat in the background. Um, we forgot to mention. Yeah, that he doesn't yeah, eat that meat. He's, yeah. He was a vegetarian, I would assume. Because yeah. um, there weren't vegans in 1981. Right. Um, so, meanwhile, uh, Bill doesn't want to fuck when, they, uh, when, when him and... Um, Karen are in bed. Karen and she's are finally in bed ready. Together. And she just says that they're like out of sync sexually. I'm like, girl, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, Karen wakes up from another nightmare, but Bill is not in bed. And we find out Bill is walking off into the woods to go meet Marsha. Yes. And there's this great uh, there, fire. The fire is just randomly there. Oh, I, I love the fire in the foreground yeah. when they're taking their clothes off. Yeah. I mean, it was really, it was really fucked up, but I wanted it to happen. You know, yeah. And it was the first time that we got to see, like, people turn. Yeah. So we see shots of the forest as the wolves. So keep in mind, if they if they advertise this as not being, because because the way that they kind of made it sound, you have to remember that like we don't actually see a werewolf until uh, Bill gets bitten. Right. All we know is that Eddie could have just been obsessed with werewolves. Yeah. And that Eddie is just a psycho who has an obsession with this legend. Mm-hmm. You know. Definitely. So. You know, I, I almost kind of wish that we would have been able to see it in a way that we didn't know it was a werewolf movie. Because mm-hmm. I, wa- I wonder how our perception of it would have been had we gone into it and not knowing that. And then it would have that. made the sequel so much better. <laughs> no, no. Nothing could make the sequels better. <laughs> um, That's the other thing my anyway. mom said. She said, yeah, and there's two other ones. But not only did they get progressively worse, they're just the worst or something like that. <laughs> Do you want to know what I just... Remember I said to you there's six other ones? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? Both me and your mom are wrong because there's eight other ones. Wow. 
I stopped paying attention after part six, but there's two movies after that. Holy shit. Yes. That's really depressing. So, yeah, they get progressively worse. <laughs> and part two is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. So let's put it wow. that way. I almost did part two as part of our shitty oh, yeah, movies. I remember you saying that, that you thought about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so uh, they go, they have sex. They're, there's, uh, we see their transformation. Uh, she um, scratches his admit, back. That's important. Yeah, I kind of hated the cheesy organ music here. Oh, it didn't bother me at all. Yeah, so the doctor is startled by the noises of uh, Bill's transformation. Yes. Um, when their full transformation is very animated, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, literally, um, as in it's literally an animated shot of uh, them turning werewolves. into werewolves because... They said it was cheaper than actually doing it practical, so they just did it with animation. Yeah, that makes sense. I, it didn't bother me. Yeah. I liked it. I wish they had yeah, done it so, like two other times during the movie, but it's all right. Yeah. Well, the werewolves at this point, and it's also interesting, while they're fucking, the werewolves are all howling. Yeah. Which I can only imagine is the equivalent of, uh, oh, Marsha's getting some. Uh-huh. You know, like, I, that's, all, that's all I imagined. If you could have translated wolf, <laughs> that's what it would have translated to. <laughs> Oh, you know. <laughs> so, um, uh, Karen goes, Karen, uh, goes and records the howling. Um, and then she, uh, we cut to the day and she's playing it to Terry. Um, Bill comes in as, uh, Karen won't let him in bed. Um, and you know what though? I kind of love, um, a couple things about this because that kind of defy a lot of movie conventions of the time. I love that she's not stupid. No, she's not stupid. That she immediately knows that he fucked Marsha. Yeah, she never says it, but she knows. You know, oh no, she does. She she outright says it. Oh, really? Yeah, she outright says oh, it. I missed that. So sad. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and the other thing I also like about that is that she's kind of like, well, you know, do whatever you want because I'm going to just fucking leave. You know, yeah. and then he slaps her. Yeah, he fucking hits her. That's fucked up. Yeah, because Bill is just a shitty husband. He really is. So, meanwhile, um, Terry is by the lake, and then she realizes that the lake matches Eddie's sketch. <laughs> so, the forest is very, very noisy at this point. And, um, she hears her name in the wind. Well, what I love is when the name gets whispered, how all the noise is quiet. Yeah. Yeah, it just goes away. Yeah. 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 So she heads to Marsha's shack. Um, I didn't realize and, that was Marsha's. That makes sense. Well, because earlier they talked, um, uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, Karen was talking about how apparently um, Marsha's shack is covered in, in, uh, in the bodies of cute little animals. Right. So that's how I immediately knew that that had to be Marsha's shack. So, um. So there's, um, so she's in there, she's checking stuff out. I love and the she detail, notices. but I love the detail. There's yeah. a picture of a wolf, and then did you see that there's, um, what was it? There was, like, a can of what looked like dog food called wolf chow on the yeah, counter. Yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah. Just the little details. Yeah. yeah. Um, we see that there's a sketch of her that very much looks like an Eddie sketch. Mm-hmm. Um... And so she's freaking out. Someone starts uh, banging on the door, and we find out it's a werewolf. I wrote werewolf time. <laughs> yeah. So um, she goes, she hides in a little cubby, 
uh, while the werewolf is trying to get her. She takes an axe and she cuts off the werewolf's hand. Yes. Um, we also see that there's a smiley face. St- oh, I actually I totally skipped over the smiley face sticker. And the fact that there's a room that matches Eddie's room at the halfway house. Yes, it's exactly with the all same. the news so articles and the sketches. He's been staying and, there as well. Yeah. So, um, so she cuts off the werewolf's uh, hand, and then she makes and and I love how the hand starts dissolving and turning human. Yeah, it just after it's, it's like been the cut off. Effects in this movie are really great for its time. Yeah. 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 You know what, though? That's one of the things, man. I've seen a lot of uh, werewolf films that don't look as good as yeah, this. Yeah, it does look very you good. Know? Especially werewolves are so yeah. hard to do and get right. Like modern werewolf films I've seen that don't look as good as this. You know, so uh, Terry goes to make a call to Christopher. Um, you know, um, and, um, you know, it turns out Eddie, uh, well, well, you know, uh, what do you call it? So Terry suspects that the doctor knows about all this. Right. So, uh, Christopher recommends she look through his file cabinet to see if he has anything on Eddie. And when she does, yeah, what did you, what did you well, think of this reveal? I, just loved, I loved that, like, so she goes through the file cabinet, she does find Eddie's file, and as soon as she pulls it out to tell Well, she finds his, she finds his last name. Yes. She finds Quist, and she finds T.C. Quist and Marsha Quist. Yes. So you discover Eddie is Marsha and TC's brother. Yes, so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. But as soon as she does that, then I love how Eddie just in werewolf form just almost politely takes the takes the file out of her hand and then goes after yeah. her. I yeah. I loved yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, basically... Um, he just goes they, after her. He, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. He he. Uh, bad things happen. Um, the end. All right. All right. Go ahead. See you next week. See people. you next no. week, um, everyone. But no. So Christopher um, calls the sheriff, um, who's like, "I'm sure she'll be fine." Yep. Um, nope. Piece of shit. And meanwhile, Christopher uh, goes to uh, the occult shop and steals the silver bullet. <laughs> and then tells her, he was like, well, I have, no, he, he puts money on the counter, but he's, but yeah. the guy says, no, I have to take them, get them appraised and see how much they're worth. And he's like, oh, just bill me. <laughs> <laughs> it made me so happy. Like, I think he put like yeah. a $20 bill on the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at this point, um. What do you call it? Uh, Karen goes to the office mm-hmm. um, because, like I said, she's gonna she's gonna leave. Um, and uh, Eddie is there with a bullet hole in his head, mm-hmm. and she finds the corpse of uh, of her friend. Yeah, super sad. So she goes to make a call. I guess the line's dead or it doesn't happen, but she hears growling. Eddie's there, and Eddie says, "I'm glad you came." I love yeah. that. <laughs> And he's very, very upset with her, and he feels, and mo- much like most stalkers, when reality pops them in the face, mm-hmm. has that cold, like betrayed feel about it. And um, so he pull rips the bullet out of his head after telling her. I love the effect uh, of this too. Yeah, about how he wants to get, um, uh, he wants to give her a piece of his mind, <laughs> uh, which was improvised. Really. Yeah, um, apparently um, Robert Picardo was told by Joe Dante, he's like, uh, you know, when, we, when we're shooting this, there's a weird beat of you just transforming. So uh, what would you say to her uh, before you're transforming? 
And he said sarcastically, he's like, I don't know. Uh, well, uh, let me show you, give you a piece of my mind. And he just thought it as a joke. And Joe Jante was like, great, do that. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. So, uh, yeah, so um, he transforms. And it's this really you long know, montage of like him doing it. And it was so fucking cool the whole time. Although I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, is she cornered? Because this is taking a well, very no, long I time. Then wrote, Why doesn't she run? I don't get it. Yeah. Like, is she actually I'm just like, really horny by this? I don't understand. Because I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Like, I, I, as soon as his face starts transforming, I'm leaving. I'm not staying there long enough for him to do his, like, five-minute transformation right, yes. into an eight-foot monster. But then, I guess, my question for you, so she goes down and she picks up this thing of, what is it? Is it holy water or is it acid? What is it? Uh, it's acid. That's what acid. I figured, and she throws it at him. I was like, he's not a vampire. Yeah. It's not holy water, but you never no, know. No, this, this is not the Howling 2, where holy water probably would have worked against them, <laughs> but that's a totally different story. Yeah, and then um, she runs. She gets to this, uh, she gets to the barn. Everybody is eating Terry. Um, They've been waiting for so, her. Yeah, there's a story about this, how apparently uh, everyone was getting ready to transform. So apparently, like, about ten women were uh, nude at this point in the scene. And Dee Wallace got there when they were going to shoot, and she was like, I'm not going to be in the scene with them. And so they had to call the producer uh, up to Northern California, where they were shooting, to come in. Uh, look at the thing and be like, you know what? Yeah, fine. Uh, girls, put your clothes back on. Because Dee Wallace apparently made a big deal about how she was not going to shoot the scene with uh, all those naked women in That's it. It's really upsetting, honestly. Yeah. So like, why? Um, she just delayed production for at least six hours. The drive from like San Francisco yeah. to LA or something. I mean, like, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Speaking of delayed production, another crazy story about this. Um, so Robert Picardo... His makeup, when he's doing the, the transformation, the first day they did it, they, they did not shoot any footage. Because it took so long to get him into makeup that the crew were in golden hour already. Wow. So they just wrapped for the day. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I don't feel so bad for like us having to learn... I mean, we thankfully we didn't have to wrap for the day, but we went oh we went about two hours late because of waiting for makeup yeah. once. And you know, and it's one of those lessons you just learn about have if you have extensive makeup, have it done before the crew get there. Yes. You know, but that's a lesson. That, so I didn't feel so bad because I'm like, at least we got to shoot something that day. I can't imagine if you know six, they said it was like they kept saying, okay, the makeup will be ready in about an hour. You know, it'll be ready about an hour. They said lunchtime came. They hadn't shot anything. You know, they get told, okay, about 90 minutes, we'll have the makeup ready. No. And it went to, it went to golden hour before, they were, before he was done and the crew had to wrap. Because they were like, it's too expensive to keep shooting right now. Holy shit. Yeah. That's, that just, like, feels too real. It's too close to home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, I guess they, they obviously then just had him come in at completely different hours than the rest of the crew from that point on, I assume. Yeah. I hope so. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so the doctor comes in. Uh, we find, and I I found this very fascinating angle that the doctor is also a werewolf. I love when when Karen goes to hug him and she and he's like, no. Yeah, he says no. Yeah, yeah. But I love the idea that the doctor is a werewolf who wants other werewolves to like a, 
to like incorporate themselves into society. Yeah, and there's this whole big argument between the werewolf colony where like why couldn't we be like we've been before in like traditional times and just feed off of humans instead of all these fucking cows and then people being like, no, we have to adapt and then other people saying like, no, we can't live among humans and all that stuff. And Marsha just like kind of makes herself the leader and says yeah. that the doctor's time is up. Yeah. And that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So at this point, um, Christopher arrives um, in uh, in the colony and he's got a shotgun. I love that Eddie just grabs the shotgun out of his hand. Yeah. Like through he breaks through a thing of glass and grabs a shotgun from his hand through a door. Yeah. And Eddie's like half melted. Um and I love that he also, he just hands him back the gun. And he's like, here, I'll give it to you as a gift. Yeah, because they never anticipate someone actually having a silver bullet because it's never happened yeah. before. Yeah, because if it was any, if it was regular bullets, he would have survived. Yeah. So he gives so, him back he, the fucking he, gun. Yeah, and then dares him to shoot yeah. him. I love that. He just like taunts him. And I'm like, dude, you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Christopher, uh, he shoots, he shoots that. And meanwhile, the people in the town are like, well, we can't just eat her because she's famous, so let's put her in a car and set it on fire and make it look like an accident. So fucked up. <laughs> you know, uh, Christopher comes there, he stops them, um, and uh, TC starts transforming, um, and I love that uh, he shoots TC while transforming. It doesn't just let him do his full five-minute fucking no, transformation. They, they were like, all right, it was too expensive to shoot it once, we're not doing this again. <laughs> yeah. So Jerry at that point is like he doesn't believe that uh, TC is dead. Um, then he gets shot. <laughs> so it's just a shooting story at this point. Yeah, the doctor comes up. The doctor obviously wants to be killed. He gets shot, and he says, and he says thank, "Thank you, thank you." <laughs> yeah. So the other werewolves start transforming. Christopher kind of pushes them into the barn, and then they burn it down. Yeah, he like he locks like he keeps the door barricaded shut with the shotgun through like two latches or whatever, and then he burns it down because fire also kills them. Yeah. Yes. So they so Christopher and Cameron start driving away, but a werewolf attacks. Yeah, there's four werewolves uh, that come and attack. It's crazy. Well, that's later. That's later because uh, right now it's just one, and they manage to get away. Uh, um, yes. But then the sheriff uh, is there, and they're calling to the sheriff. It turns out the sheriff is a werewolf as well. Yeah, duh. <laughs> Has to so be. So <laughs> they, shoot, they shoot him. Um, he blows up their car. <laughs> and they decide to steal the police car. Naturally. That's when, that's when the four werewolves oh, yes. um, attack. Yeah. Squad car and, and four of, werewolves, the musical. <laughs> yes, yes. So one of them uh, gets through the back window and bites um, Karen. But they manage to kill it, and as they and they drive away, and as they're driving away, they see the werewolf that bit her was actually Bill. Yeah, so sad. Yeah, but fuck you, Bill. Um, well, you know that'd be that's one of those things that like I wonder how you explain that. Yeah. How do you explain that to like insurance companies and like you his explain family it by and, going on air and doing and the what police. Karen does? Well, yes, yes, exactly. So Karen goes back on television. Um. And uh, and I love how the report that most of Northern California is on fire because of them because of burning, them down, burning the down the barn. Yeah, yeah. Um, Karen starts basically editorializing about the battle between um, werewolves. <laughs> Just and people. going off the teleprompter completely, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Fred, the the station head, is like, "What the hell is she doing? Get her off!" But Christopher prevents them from cutting off. Then Karen transforms into what looks like a very puppy-looking werewolf. No, it's werewolf. a really cute werewolf. 
That's so, what my mother said. Will, my mother said the only complaint she had about the movie was that they wish, and this is before I like was even watching it. I said because yeah. I told her I was like, "Mom, I rented this movie because she has my Prime account like information." And I was like, "If you want to watch it," and then she told me it was her favorite, one of her favorites. And then she said, "I love that movie. It's so great, except for I wish they didn't make the newscaster look so good in the end." And I was like, "Mom, don't spoil anything." But I had no idea that it was going to be like that. And it was yeah. just, it was just, she looked like this. Like I want it as a. <laughs> so a couple of things about that um i I'm, i don't know if i ever explained to you when i was 18 and i lived in los angeles i took uh writing courses so i could learn how to be a better you know screenwriter and novelist and stuff mm-hmm. and my teacher was gary brandner who wrote the novel of the howling the, the novel that the movie was based right. on and the very first day in class, the first thing he said is, okay, yes, I wrote The Howling. No, I had nothing to do with the puppy reporter at the end of the movie. <laughs> he goes, my book ends very differently from that. From that and uh, I have nothing to do with that, so please don't ask me about that scene. <laughs> I was wondering if that was what it was, because you said there was one scene. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's because the, the novel ends with them just burning down the, uh, the thing and then escaping. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but they added that scene in the, uh, film. Um, but you know, um, so yeah, so she turns into a werewolf. The, uh, other thing was the D Wallace was the one, um, basically kind of had that idea that she should be, um, a different type of werewolf because she was a good person. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So because she's not, yeah. Um, so what ends up happening here is uh, Christopher takes a gun with the silver bullet and he shoots her live on television. Yes. And the whole point is just to prove that werewolves exist yeah. and werewolves are real. And it doesn't, it doesn't track because everyone thinks it's a hoax. Yeah. They think that it's like really good actors, except for some kids. I love, I love that there's this montage of all these people watching this happen on live television and the children are just the best when they're like, they're like screaming and like, Oh, like excitement and the mom's like what what are you watching what are you watching <laughs> the newscaster the news lady just turned into a werewolf <laughs> yeah yeah so we go to a bar and all the dudes there are kind of like wow that's they can do a lot with special effects these days <laughs> and and then there's one drunk guy who thinks it's real but they're like oh man you're drunk like you know whatever so they go to this one guy at the end of the uh, t- of the end of the bar who's having a pepper steak, and, uh, and he's like, "Oh, and uh, I'll have a burger for the lady. How would you like it?" And they show the lady, and it's Marsha. Yeah, and she and says she wants it she, raw or rare, rare. She wow. tur- yeah, she turns to the camera and says rare, and then they cut to. Uh, the credits with ha- with hamburgers being cooked. It's just the hamburger being cooked, and like you get it, to see, you get to see it be cooked in like real time as the credits roll. It's crazy. It legit makes me yeah. hungry every time I see that. I know you don't eat meat, but it. No, that's when why I, I, every I see that, it always makes me rare, hungry. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and then afterwards, <laughs> there's like a post-credit scene, which is crazy. Which is just a scene from the other film. Yeah, but I was just like, I wasn't expecting that. Where it's just this <laughs> woman saying, "You're, you be gone now, and heaven help you." And I was like, yes. I wonder what the significance is of that happening. It's it's very weird because, you know, considering that we always do post-credit scenes, it's uh, very interesting to see a movie from 1981 rip us off. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so rude. 
Yes, I can't believe that Joe Dante would stoop so low. Yes. My God, My man. God. My God. But yeah, so that was The Howling. Woo-hoo. So, uh, and it was actually a fairly successful movie. Um, it, it was very good for everybody involved. Dee Wallace got the uh, mom uh, role in E.T. After yeah. Steven Spielberg watched it. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Joe Dante got the job from Gremlins, once again, because of Spielberg. So fun. So, you know, it's uh, for a low-budget film. I found it that was actually shot mostly non-union, too. Cool. Yeah, so, um, you know, but it's um, it was probably one of the, I would say there's only four good werewolf movies, mm-hmm. uh, which if uh, someone's going to bother to ask me, so I might as well just say it. Um, there's American Werewolf in London, there's The Howling, there's Ginger Snaps, and there's Dog Soldiers. Uh, jury's out on Silver Bullet because I don't remember any of it. It's a good movie. Um, I remember being scared but, of counts. But otherwise, uh, that was the only good werewolf movies because most werewolf movies are kind of awful. Yeah. Um, but this so, one was great. But yeah. Yeah. So um, that was our movie uh, from then. So um, one of the things that I did notice about this film um, is when they go to the colony, all the people there recognize her because they know her from TV. And she's kind of like a minor celebrity because she's a newscaster. Mm-hmm. So um, I realized that a lot of people really, they want to know celebrity. Like, you know, you and I, we work with people who are somewhat famous and some of them are friendly with us and everything. So it's not a big deal to us. But to your average person, celebrities are kind of a big thing and they want to kind of get in the head of a celebrity and they want to kind of. Well, because of Demon Hunter, mm-hmm. I get bombarded like that, like at least yeah. a couple of times a week. Yeah. 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 So. Lot. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm used to it. I used to get that sort of thing when I was in, was in the yeah. bands. Um, so, you know, um, it's, it's, a very, it's a very interesting thing how people have towards celebrity, uh, which is the premise of our next film, uh, which is Being John Malkovich. Oh, yeah, cool. I've always wanted to see that. Yeah, well, that's what we're going to see next week, a film about, uh, well, about people's obsession with getting into the head of celebrities. Um, and uh, it's a lot weirder than you would think it is, to the point where I wondered how they even got John Malkovich to agree to it at times. <laughs> so, anyway, people, uh, we hope that you enjoy it. Um, you also, before we go, uh, please uh, consider contributing to our Indiegogo campaign for Bishop's Cove. Yes, please do. That's igg.me. Slash AT slash Bishop's Cove. All one word. Uh, yeah. Uh, once again, IGG dot ME. When I say slash backslash, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. You know, uh, slash AT slash Bishop's Cove. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Charles dot D dot Lincoln. You can find me on Instagram at Chelsea dot Lesage. And you can find us together at CL Squared Productions. One word. On Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. Yeah, so uh, hit us up with any questions you might have and all that jazz and give us money so we can finish making yeah. this horror movie. Exactly, because you know what? You guys will fucking love it if we get a chance to do yeah. it. So uh, anyway, people, uh, we will see you next time. Uh, this has been Charles. And I'm Chelsea. And uh, we will see you next yeah, time. Yeah, I got to so bad. Bye, everyone. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.